The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck. Like a rugged half-ton Tundra, workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design. The Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power in captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. They don't settle for just lining up and just giving it to you. I mean, you just got to beat them. They're going to come after you. They're going to attack you. Um, always challenging with the defensive uh, game plans. Um, big backs run the football, the whole thing. Special teams is really good. They blocked three punts this year already or something. Um, so they've had a big factor in, in how they play. And a fantastic turnover team. Again, he always does that, and he did it again. This is BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM from BetQL. Pete Carroll is a big fan of Mike Tomlin, no doubt about it. Both coaches have been at their respective helms for quite some time, and this game is oh so important in terms of both teams finding some way to make their wild card birds. And we will get to Steelers and Seahawks in just a bit. But first, welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross and PJ Glasser here with you. Let's get into, say, the game of the week for Week 17, and that is the Dolphins at the Ravens. Uh, both teams coming off of rather impactful victories. Uh, the Ravens are at home. They are three-and-a-half-point favorites for BetMGM with a total of 47. PJ, what do you like here? And this is my favorite bet of the week. I liked it at plus four. I still like it at plus three and a half. I think they're going to win the game outright. But I like the Miami Dolphins against the Ravens this week. Like, this is why we love the NFL is because of games like this, because of spots like this. I can't explain it, but as a Ravens fan, like, the fans, the coaches, the players, it just seemed like that Niners game – like it was personal right and it's just like we were all so excited for like it's christmas day it's the battle of the two best teams you're out to kind of prove who was better but at the end of the day this game against miami is way more important and it always was i would have so much rather seen the ravens lose to san francisco and win this game against miami than the other way around the ravens win this game they clinch the number one seed uh they lose and now miami controls uh, their own destiny for the number one seed in the AFC heading into week 18. So it's a monster game. I will say stylistically where I think the Ravens have a big advantage is that they just played San Francisco. And obviously Mike McDaniel comes from the Shanahan coaching tree, right? So on a short week, getting being able to play against San Francisco and seeing how they play up front 
is going to be big heading into this game against Miami. That's where I think the Ravens have the advantage. The injury report is going to be huge in this game. If Kyle Hamilton doesn't play for the Ravens, that is a massive game changer. And how I feel about the Dolphins even is that much better and this matchup against Baltimore or against Miami because obviously of what they want to do offensively. Jalen Waddle's probably not going to play for the Dolphins, which is key. But to me, that win against San Francisco and then turning around and playing the Dolphins and everybody talking about Lamar for MVP and talking about the Ravens being the best team in the NFL. Like, Ed, I just, this is how the NFL works. I just know that the Dolphins have to be the play for me. Would it shock me if the Ravens win this game by double digits? Not at all, because as we all know, the Dolphins do struggle against good teams, especially away from home. To me, it's the play's got to be on Miami, though. It just, it has to be because the Ravens are the best road team in the NFL. But I don't love them at home, especially as, as good teams. Lamar in his career has really struggled as a favorite of three or more points. And I think that's going to come into play again this week. So I just think the spot really is, is key in this game. The Dolphins get a little bit of momentum, finally beating a good team in Dallas. And I don't know if Baltimore has another great performance in them after that win against San Francisco. It, it seems like that game was so key. And now do they have the wherewithal to turn around and and play against the Dolphins? They're saying all the right things. All the videos you watch, mm -hmm. they're saying they're turning the page and they're locked in. But I don't know, Ed. I, for me, the Dolphins are the play in this game. It's almost as though, say, applying a college football methodology might make sense in a game like this, where if you like the Dolphins to cover the three and a half, maybe you should just take them on the money line or maybe even do an alt spread, say like, you know, minus one and a half or something like that, just because it's not that they can, you know, keep this game close, but they can win this game outright. And so the oh, number yeah. of possibilities between, say, three and a half to zero, there aren't as many as you would normally see in an NFL game. It's more like Miami covers this number and maybe an alt spread is probably the best way to go in terms of maximize the overall uh, hashtag value here. You mentioned the injury report, PJ, uh, Tua limited with thumb and quad issues. Uh, Devon Achan didn't practice at all with that toe injury. Teron Armstead, uh, knee, ankle, and back is what's listed. Uh, as far as others who uh, say, you know, were limited or didn't go at all, uh, Tyree Kill, ankle and vet rest. Uh, Jalen Waddell, as you mentioned before, Raheem Mostert uh, with knee and ankle issues. Th this is something where, on the one hand, I, I get that the Dolphins still have been able to overcome, you know, some key injuries and things like that, especially with that win over Dallas. But on the other hand, it's almost as though you need all hands on deck to go up against the Ravens. Like if you are going to have everybody, this is going to be the game where you need to do that. And the, the one difference, and I love the idea that, okay, they're facing a similarly built offense. The difference though, to me is that Tua loves to throw those quick passes, right? Like get the ball out of your hands in less than two and a half seconds. And if you're able to do that with any kind of consistency, then the Dolphins look the way that they do. I wonder though, when it comes to this Ravens defense, they're just so feast or famine to me to where if they're not forcing turnovers, then you can gash them for uh, chunk plays and things like that. Can this secondary sort of create secondary sex, so to speak, and disrupt the timing of Tua? We have seen the Titans do it, but we haven't seen too many other defenses do it. And to me, that's going to be the deciding factor in a game like this. 
And to your point, you know, the Ravens' defense stole the headlines because of the five interceptions that they created. But, Ed, I thought the game plan from Shanahan was really puzzling and why he didn't run the football more. It seemed like the best drive the Niners had all night, right, was when they leaned on McCaffrey. Like, we didn't see him use Debo at all. It was just – it was a really – it was almost like Shanahan had heard – the MVP chatter and wanted to prove that his guy Brock like was, was a good quarterback, right? And like he could do it against a good defense. And it's like, man, the Niners have such a good running game. And McCaffrey's the best back in football. And Debo can punish you in the run game too. And the Niners just didn't show us enough of that. So I agree with you. This Ravens defense is gettable. Um, and I think if the Niners would have leaned on that run game a little bit more, they would have had a lot of success. You mentioned the injuries that the Dolphins have to their backs and A-Chain and Mostert. I think both are going to play, certainly A-Chain, and I think the Dolphins are going to have some success in the run game. But yeah, man, like the fact that the Ravens just played San Francisco and now they play the Dolphins, two teams that obviously they have the same kind of concepts on offense and the chess game. The game, the game plan that Mike McDonald just have as defensive coordinator for the Ravens was so good against the Niners, right? McDaniel's watching that film. So it's like the chess game of, okay, how did McDonald attack them? How am I going to attack them? What are going to be his counter moves for this game? These teams played last year, Ed, and the Ravens had a historic collapse. They had like a 21-point lead in the fourth quarter, and two and Tyree Kill just went nuts in the fourth quarter and that lives in the Ravens head. I promise you, they remember that game. So we'll see what happens, man. I, if Kyle Hamilton plays in this game, it's going to be huge for the Ravens. If he doesn't, I'm going to just even like Miami that much more in the game. Yo, Trey, Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP three in the same backcourt as Kobe in LA. Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP three finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier. And we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery alternate routes. As former sports center, anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus It's not a divisional game, but it's definitely something where there is a lot of familiarity. These are teams that know each other fairly well. So how well can each coaching unit adjust? That's going to be really fascinating. But you can expect high-quality, high-level football. That, I think, is something we can agree upon, where this game should live up to the hype of being game of the week. And so in that respect, I'm definitely excited. Definitely can't wait to catch that one. Let's move on now to the Steelers and the Seahawks, because uh, Seattle, three and a half point favorites at home with a total of 41 and a half. What's something that stands out to you here, PJ? Really interesting game, especially that performance that Rudolph had against Cincinnati, right? It's like, do you want to buy stock into that? Was that a flash in the pan? Was that just the Bengals busting some coverages and Pickens just making some plays, right? Are the Steelers going to revert to the offense that we've seen for much of the year? Um, and then Seattle, like, 
Ed, let's call it what it is. They've been fortunate the last couple of weeks to win their two games, right? They shouldn't have beaten Philly. They shouldn't have beaten the Titans, but they were able to get those wins. So now they're three and a half point favorites in this game against Pittsburgh. The last two weeks, they've won their games by three. Both teams, it's an absolute must win. Both teams got to keep uh, pace in, in the wild card race in their respective conferences. I just, for me, I think the unit on the field that I trust the most in this game is probably the Steelers' defense, even though I think the Seahawks' offense has some weapons. I mean, if you get pressure on Geno Smith, as we know, you can really make life tough for him. So I also trust Tomlin in this spot, and obviously he's never had a losing record. He knows what it takes to win this time of year. I'm leaning towards the Steelers. Plus, Ed, I'm a believer in, like, when we get these – out-of-conference games, and when we look at what the AFC North has done against the NFC West this season, San Francisco's got four losses. Three of those are to the North. They've lost to the Ravens, the Bengals, and the Browns, right? You look at Seattle, got demolished by the Ravens. They lost to the Bengals. They were fortunate to beat the Browns if it wasn't for a P.J. Walker interception. So we've seen Pittsburgh go on the road and beat the Rams. The AFC North has dominated the NFC West. They're the best division in football. They show that when they go out of conference. To me, this is going to be a close game that comes down to wire. Whenever I feel that way, I always got to take the dog, especially when we're getting the ultimate key number at three and a half. So I don't know if Pittsburgh wins the game. They certainly could, but Seattle's been playing everybody close as of late. Pittsburgh, I'm sure, is going to keep this game close. So uh, give me the Steelers plus the points. Yes, not a college football application here where you should just take Pittsburgh on the money line. Not at all. This is something where the hook, I think, is super duper important uh, one way or the other. So absolutely, uh, you know, that makes a lot of sense. And to your point, when it comes to Geno Smith, he needs play action. He needs play action more than most people need oxygen and water. Now, when he gets that play action, when he has that time to be able to develop it, then, oh, yes, the Seahawks offense is phenomenal. No doubt about it. And if, say, you're getting the right matchup in that secondary for the Steelers, then, yes, DK and company, like, they could be really, really good, really, really formidable. I will be curious if, say, Geno Smith can be effective with those quick throws. And that's probably the one thing that I will be looking at uh, before, say, making a pick on this game is what can he do if he is forced to get rid of the ball in less than two and a half seconds? If he can do it with any kind of consistency and he is able to find, say, crossing patterns, things like that, if he is successful with that, then I think they can make you know life really tough on the Steelers. But if it's something where we can see quick sacks from Watt and Heinsmith, guys like that, then I am more than comfortable backing the Steelers here. It's going to be if they can find some gaps and weaknesses in that offensive line to get those quick pressures to where even those quick throws uh, just aren't available for Geno. But if he is able to develop just enough time in that pocket for the play-action game that he is oh so effective with, then I think the Seahawks can very well score a ton of points and definitely cover the three and a half, no doubt about it. Uh, While you are here, uh, what other games kind of stand out to you on the Week 17 card that you uh, have some strong opinions about? Yeah, I really like the over in this Eagles-Cardinals game, Ed. I really do. Mm -hmm. I feel like anytime the Eagles go up against a capable quarterback like they will see in Kyler Murray, I feel like they're susceptible to give up some points. We we just saw them play the Giants, and it was 33-25. to I'm kind of feeling like we're going to see a similar game. How is Arizona going to shut down the Eagles on, on offense? I think the Eagles get into the 30s. And then I think on the flip side, I think Arizona gets into the 20s. The total is at 48. 
Eagles get us into the 30s. Arizona gets us into the 20s. We're going to cash our over. So that was another play that uh, that stood out to me. And then there are a couple a couple teasers that I really like this week. We have the Bucks are two and a half point favorites against the Saints, and we have the Vikings are two point favorites against the Packers. I like teasing up both of the underdogs. I like teasing the Saints up to eight and a half, and I like teasing up uh, Green Bay to eight as well. Both games are playoff caliber games. The Bucs can win the South if they win. Minnesota Green Bay is essentially an elimination game for the NFC wild card. So I think both games are close. I think both games are probably low scoring. They're obviously divisional games. So both teams know each other really, really well. And, uh, you know, I don't love the side on either game, but I feel pretty confident that both of those games are going to be one scoring. So I think teasing both of those over the touchdown, getting them at plus eight, plus eight and a half, combining those, those, uh, it's one of my favorite plays are those two teams in a teaser. It's funny when you were bringing up teasers that in our, uh, segment for Thursday night football between the Jets and the Browns. It's like, okay, do we like this as a teaser spot? And I think both of us are kind of lukewarm about it. I think probably the bigger issue for me was, okay, what can we pair it with? Because we're seeing some big spreads, some higher totals, even though it is December, we are seeing some higher totals here. So like what makes a whole lot of sense? And I think the only one that really stood out to me, if I wanted to go teaser tonight was the Saints and the Buccaneers. I think teasing the Saints to to eight and a half. I mean, look, this is something where Baker Mayfield has been a fantastic story. And I actually do believe there is a little bit of value on him as comeback player of the year, just because he's played all season, unlike Joe Flacco, where say you're buying into a small sample size. And I think that can be really dangerous, especially when you have two additional games before this thing gets decided. Uh, But I also think when it comes to Baker Mayfield like we have seen him turn into a pumpkin more than a couple of times right like yeah we love those receivers but this is a divisional matchup the Saints defense can be really respectable and it's something where New Orleans can win outright so taking it to plus eight and a half I think makes a whole lot of sense PJ it was great having you on the show cannot thank you enough for dropping by please make sure to check out send it in with PJ Glasser weekdays at one o'clock eastern time on the BeckQL network wonderful show cannot promote it enough this is betql daily presented by betmgm coming up next we will talk about nfl survivor four left in circa with more than nine million dollars on the line right here on the betql network